Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Most days, I don't like to go with a story for the entire show. Just because I like to mix it up. I like to keep people on their toes. But I do think there's an exception today. I think what we saw last night, and there was this argument about whether or not it was worse than Biden's presser after the Afghanistan withdrawal, where he put his head in his hands at the podium. It was a really iconic picture for all the wrong reasons. And I would almost say that last night was worse because strategically, I don't think he had to do it. And David Marcus said uh, he had to do something. I just don't think that sending him out there that angry at night was a good idea. And I and I really don't think, and maybe this is where people will disagree with me, I think it would have blown over. I think our media is so horrific and so dishonest that they would have done what they're doing now, which is spinning it, trying to make it seem like it's not that bad. And at least they wouldn't have had to also spin Biden's subsequent presser. Like they could just say, oh, you know, and there's rumors. You know what they could have done? They could have said, and there's rumors he was very upset about this. And he was he was um, he was talking to his staffers at the White House and he was very angry about this report. And he was asking them all sorts of questions about how this happened. Like, you know how they do that thing where they go, oh, he's back there yelling at people about all these things. And I always think. I don't I don't believe that he's having these conversations. I don't think he's capable right now of having these conversations. But instead, he went out there and now they have to not only try to spin Robert Hur's report, but then they have to try to spin Joe Biden fumbling around and lying about Robert Hur's report. It's like the hits just keep on coming if you're Ari Melber or Lawrence O'Donnell or Chris Hayes. Yeah, it didn't have the gravity of the Afghanistan press conference, but it, I think it was worse because the entire point of that press conference was to prove that he didn't have memory problems, that he was completely in control of facts, and he went out there and he proved the exact opposite of that. He did have memory problems. He got facts wrong. Even, and you know, I'm not being, but even when he was talking about, you know, how dare they say I don't remember the details about my son's death. He forgot the details. He forgot the details immediately after that. So that was, and again, it was a, a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, and Jonathan, error. Jonathan Turley put out, ironically, President Biden's insistence that he had recall of these facts suggests that he was not forthcoming in denial of such knowledge or memory. Either Biden is diminished as president or he was deceitful with the special counsel who detailed gaps in his memory. In other words, to grace Curley that, make it a little bit, you know, I always like to simplify it a little bit for myself. But what Jonathan Turley, I think, is trying to say is you can't have both. You were either lying and deceitful and pulling that old I do not recall, which means you should be charged or 
You don't remember things. And based off the performance I saw, unless Joe Biden is the best actor of our generation, he's forgetting things and he's lost his step. Like, I just don't believe. And that was actually a part of this from somebody on, was it MSNBC that was talking about how this is, this is, oh yeah, okay, so it's Ari Melber and Rachel Maddow. They're talking about how this is a legal strategy. This is cut 27. It's fairly standard lawyering to advise people, even when in doubt or you think you might remember. If you can credibly say, I don't recall about something, that's a standard legal advice. And it has nothing to do with the age of the person giving the deposition. When you're under oath, you can't lie. If you do recall, you have to say that you can. But if you can't... Exactly. Well, that, that's the whole point, right, Rachel? That basically, because of those standards... Uh, the extra burden that you don't want to get anything wrong means you err on the side of saying, I don't recall, I don't remember, unless you really specifically do. Okay, now my follow-up to that would be, do you really think that he doesn't recall when he was vice president? And if your answer to that is, well, no, of course he remembers it, then why would he lie about that? Why would he use that? I'm sorry, not lie. Why would he use that? Why would he err on the side of caution about the years he was vice president or the year his son died? Make that one make sense. By the way, Jared, we got to do a little digging here. Last minute. I forgot to send you this. I guess there's a cut of Rachel Maddow trying to explain how Joe Biden is still sharp. And her proof of that is the fact that he can ride a bike. Maybe she missed that news cycle where he toppled over on his bike in the middle of the road. But that's where we're at now, everyone. Um, Before I go back to the calls here, I will mix in one other story. Tucker Carlson had an interview with Putin last night, and he asked a question that uh, we focused on quite a bit uh, a few months ago. And since then, it's really disappeared. It's like one of these great mysteries of the Biden administration. One of the things we'll never know. He actually asked Putin about the Nord Stream pipeline, or as KJP called it, the Nordstrom pipeline. Can I have cut 43, please, Jared? Who blew up Nord Stream? (laughs) <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have... Do you have <laughs> uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, though. You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. I agree with David Marcus where it's like, you do get to a point when you have these... I don't blame Tucker for taking the interview. I wouldn't want to do this interview. Because you can't trust anything Putin's saying. I, I'm not I'm not that uh, crazy where now all of a sudden I'm going to be a fan of Putin. Like, I have heard conservatives veering towards that where they're, oh, you know, and Putin said this and Putin said that. No, you still can't trust anything Putin's saying. But he's blaming the CIA. And I would believe that more than Russia. Because everything else we've heard from Ukraine is they they're very quick to blame Russia and most of the time we've had a couple of scenarios where they've been dead wrong 8445042422 All right so here's the Maddow cut that I want to get to this is her defense of Joe Biden is that the fact of his age is not something you can rebut mm-hmm. it can't be you can't tack to if someone says you're too far left you can tack to the center you, you, there's no, the man is 80 years old. He rides a bike. He, he, like, but he is the age he is. And, and so it's, it's, it's a very useful political attack for that reason. Let's bring- oh, God, Rachel. He rides a bike. No, he doesn't. Or how about this? He rides a bike. Not well. <laughs> Does that matter? Can, can we judge how he rides a bike? Because last time I saw him riding a bike, he was on the ground. 
844-500-4242. Let's go to the callers here. And we also have to play the Peter Ducey at some point. Um, let's go to David. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, David. Good afternoon, Grace. I appreciate having me on. Grace, do you think that the president should have waited until this morning? Do you think could have put out a press release saying he was in an interview today with the press for a little while, giving him some time? He would have had a night to sleep on it, got his thoughts together, maybe come across a little cooler? Yes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that would have been the play. I appreciate your time. I'm very impressed with you, and I love your show. Keep going, kid. Thank you, David. I, I love the support. I thank you. I thank everyone, by the way, who read my column at Spectator. I really appreciate it. If you haven't seen it, check it out on my Twitter. Um, no, but to answer David's question, and that's not even... Dana Perino always does a pretty good job of breaking these things down because she was press secretary for George Bush, and she's been around this, you know, the comms for a while. And she said, you can't send somebody out there that angry. Like, that's just not a good idea. And I agree, especially when it's someone old like that. And you know he's going to fly off the handles. You have no idea what he's going to say. He's not going to say on script. And that was the part of it where I was thinking, was this on purpose? Because lately, every time I think that the basement people, who's ever in charge of the basement, who's ever rings the alarm and goes, get him down here, get him down here, lock him down here, he's not allowed to go out. They've been very generous with his free time. Like he's been able to roam amongst the reporters while he's eating, you know, or drinking bobo tea and, and eating ice cream. He's had a lot of, he's been a free range Joe as of late. And I just don't get that. Why now when everything's crumbling, um, there's one scandal after another. Now's the time where you, you let him off the leash. And if you're going to send him out there like that, that angry, put him on a bike for damn it. Yeah. Show us what he can do. That's what they should do. They should get one of those stationary bikes where he's powering. This would be a real win-win. He's powering the electricity at the White House, like that Coldplay concert they did. So he's on the bike. He's talking to people. He's getting angry. He's showing people how fit he is. And then at the same time, when he slows down a little bit, the lights start to flicker. And then he powers back up and the lights turn on. And then he can say to the climate activists, look at me. I'm keeping this whole place. I'm keeping the lights on. I'm getting this country back on track. America runs on Joe. Let's go to Susan. You're up next. Go ahead, Susan. Yeah, I just wanted to, to say that, you know, whether President Biden has memory problems now is sort of irrelevant to how he handled um, secret documents years ago. I mean, he was a sound mind then, so he can't use his present condition, nor can the, the Justice Department use his present condition, you know, to justify or excuse or not to prosecute. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny about that, Susan, not haha funny, but what's what's interesting about that is that um, there have been cases where people have memory loss and they're still tried. And it's not it, it's not uh, a good enough excuse, I guess you could say. But here's this was a recommendation from Robert Hur, And I'll tell you this. I don't disagree with the recommendation because. I do think that based off what I've seen from Joe Biden, if they were to bring him in and charge him with this, I don't really see the point of it. And maybe the point of it is send a message, you know, you got to pay for your 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 crimes or whatever, but I really believe him that he can't remember anything. I just don't know how much information they could really get. He's going to blame his staffers. He's going to blame so do, do you guys get what I'm saying? It's like I don't think her was off on that because, yeah, in some ways, Susan, did her give him a pass? Yes. Do I think they would give Trump the same pass? Probably not. 
But what he wrote about Joe Biden is so much worse than any, I think, than any sort of charge. And you know what made me sad? Think about Ronald Reagan when he got Alzheimer's and he wrote that letter to America basically saying, I'm not going to be coming out in public anymore. And he he stuck with that. He wrote it and then he he kind of lived the rest of his life quietly and private. And it made me sad because I was like, Joe Biden, that was his letter. Robert Hur wrote his letter because he wouldn't write it himself. So Robert Hur had to write the letter to the rest of us and say, this guy can't do it anymore. Because there was no one in his life. There wasn't a Nancy Reagan. There was no one in his life to say, hey, this is it now. We don't need to be in, we don't need to be out there at the podium making fools of ourselves. I love you enough to tell you it's time to call it quits. But he doesn't have anybody like that. And that to me, like that caller Mike said, I never feel bad for him. I never feel bad for him. And and I understand that perspective, but that for me is the part where I do feel bad. Cuz to not have anybody in your life who would put you first, above their own political ambition or their own greed or their own desire to go to St. Croix or their own desire to, you know, be in the cover of Vogue, to not have anybody who cares more about you than all of those other things that are so transactional and so superficial. There's tragedy in that, I think. Now, when we come back, we're going to take more of your calls. We're going to play more of these sound cuts. we got a lot more to get to. Jared, I want to talk to the listeners here about Omaha Steaks because people do not know what they're missing. People ask me questions like, oh, what do you get from Omaha Steaks? What kind of steaks do you get? I get filet mignon. I get all the delicious steaks. But if you think it's just steaks, you are mistaken. Hey, <laughs> see I see I what there? you did there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch out, everybody. I'm good today. Um, but it's true, Jared. There's pork chops. There's chicken. There's hot dogs. There's hamburgers. And right now, if you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, you're going to get four free chicken breasts, four free pork chops. And it's delivered right to your door. Jared, you have a son. You know how busy you get busy, after busy, work. Busy, busy, yep. You just want to get home. You don't want to stop at the grocery store. Yeah, the, the, I was talking with the wife today, actually, when she was saying, uh, you know, she didn't say, what do you want to do for Valentine's Day? Because she knows me so well. She was like, what Omaha Steaks stuff do you want to do for Valentine's Day? And I was like, I'd love to say the beef franks, but that's not really a Valentine's Day meal. So we're going to do the bacon wrap fillets. But everything, dare I say, as an appetizer, perhaps? <laughs> Ooh, mm. there you go. Always thinking. Um, but yeah, everything you get from Omaha Steaks is fantastic. They have sides, they have desserts, um, as well as the meats that are there. And uh, you brought up the chicken and the pork that you get with this deal. And I'm telling you, you really, you haven't had chicken until you've had the Omaha Steaks chicken because it tastes like chicken. And once once you have it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll know what you've been missing. It tastes like chicken, as Joe Biden would say. Yeah, Jared's right. Um, and that's why they have their unconditional 100% money-back guarantee. They can do that because they're so sure that you guys are going to love the steaks, the hot dogs, the hamburgers, everything. So go to omahasteaks.com slash grace to get your four free chicken breasts, four free pork chops, and then do me a favor, text us in how you cook things up, what you're loving, you know, what you put in your box. I love to hear about it. Minimum purchase may apply. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. 
fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in this, in Afghanistan. And I was of this, multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was, should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what he was referring to. It was not classified information in that document. That was not classified. Thank you for the clarification, sir. I love how he says multiple pages. It's like a kid in school. He's like, I wrote multiple pages for my book report. Congrats. Nobody gives a I use Courier New 12. It's insane. And by, and by the way, I, I guess part of the debate that I'm having in my head is, did he decide I'm going out there? Because he put out a statement right afterwards. Did he decide? Because it could have happened like this, okay? He's at an event. Somebody says to him, hey, it came out. You're vindicated. You're not going to be. Because, you know, they probably spit it for him. You're vindicated. You're not going to be charged with anything. And he goes, oh, great, great, great. And then he gets on the plane and they start reading him what what's in the actual report. And then, Jared, do you think he said to his staffers, I got to go out there? Like, maybe this was the one time where he called the actual shot and decided I'm going to go out there and defend myself. Because otherwise, I would have to assume that somebody would be getting the blame for this colossal failure. Oh, we got we got KJP. I don't often take her live, Jared, but I I might just have to right now. If you're on the line, stay on the lines. I'm going to go to Corrine Jean-Pierre here. This is the press secretary. And now, not special counsel, but legal counsel. They're here. They came. Okay. Go ahead, Almer. Excuse me. Uh, Two questions just following up on comments that the president made last night. Um, President Biden called the military operations in Gaza over the top. Um, And this comes after the White House has pretty consistently defended Israel's conduct. What's changed and what exactly did the president mean by over the top? Yeah, so first of all, I, you know, I would say nothing has changed. His position hasn't changed. His, I don't think his messaging hasn't has changed. Uh, we don't think his messaging has changed. He doesn't believe his messaging has changed. This isn't something. Okay, so we're going to continue uh, monitoring the White House. <laughs> even, <laughs> even Fox is like, all right, we're done. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think his position has changed as far as what the White House is going to do. I think he just wants to let his crazy, radical, leftist, Gen Z voters know that, wink, wink, I'm on your side. I think you guys are in the right. Today's poll question is brought to you by local Silver Mint, located in Ware, New Hampshire. Silver Dave will work with you directly. Contact him at localsilvermint.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is what was Biden's worst moment from the presser? Throwing his staffers under the bus, mixing up the president of Mexico and Egypt, lashing out at the press, or lying about disclosing classified information to his ghostwriter over many pages. If you're going to yell at everybody about how cognitively sharp you are and then mix up the president of Egypt and Mexico, it's not it's not a wonderful look. So I'm going to vote for that one. That is in the lead at 36 percent, 34 percent for lying about classified information, 17 percent for lashing out at the press and 13% for throwing staffers under the bus. This is from the report. The classified documents and other materials recovered in this case span Mr. Biden's career in national public life. During that career, Mr. Biden has long seen himself as a historic figure. You don't say. 
We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. Oh, boy. We're going to take all the calls for the last segment of the show, so do not go, or second to last, so don't go anywhere. More on this when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. It, it, but, it, John, I, I will just follow with you on this. Is One of the, the things that seems to be challenging is some of the things that people are now putting on him as age are things that may have been exacerbated by age, but it's also how he is, right? He's very open about how he has struggled in life, right, with a stutter. He is, you know, he's someone who often has gone down verbal cul-de-sacs and, and, and meandered into another story. That's part of who he is. That's his brand for the past 50 years. Right now, people see some of those things in a different light. How is he supposed to overcome that when that's actually kind of who he is? Is that Aaron Burnett who just recently was <laughs> lecturing me on how Tucker Carlson is, you know, a very bad person? One in the same. For doing an interview with Putin and now she's she's making excuses for Biden's verbal cul-de-sacs. Yes. Did I hear that right? Verbal cul-de-sacs. And you just reminded me, Jared, that at one point we heard, was it from the New York Times about how Biden... Uh, I can't remember who it was from, but yes. Biden spins yarn. Folksy yarns. Waxes. Or, shaving or shaves, the truth. Yes. Yes. There's so many euphemisms. <laughs> so we now have verbal cul-de-sacs. Good on Aaron Burnett. Into which he meanders. That's the first one I've heard of the cul-de-sacs. And once again, the stutter comes out. The stutter. I thought the stutter was so long gone. Bravo. Bravo. You know, I said this earlier, but as a thespian... I'm so impressed by the commitment to this farce. Like, these people are method actors. Daniel Day-Lewis, watch out. I have never seen people who are so committed to the cause of propping up this old man. By the way, Fox just had a Chiron, which is a good question, is the White House is not answering whether or not staff has been fired. The staff, by the way, which Joe Biden happily shoved under the bus yesterday when he got out there, he was asked if he takes any responsibility. And we all know that that's not part of being a Biden. Like the big guy, he'll take 10% of a payout, but he's not going to take even 10% of responsibility for anything. So he immediately starts referring to his staff and how his staff misplaced things and his staff did things wrong and his staff, his staff, his staff, his staff, his staff. So the logical follow-up is, are any of those staffers going to be fired? Are there going to be investigations into any of those staffers? What's going on with those staffers? Of course, those are like Nord Stream Pipeline, like the J6 bombs, like the SCOTUS leaker. I'm sure we will never, ever find out about any of that. 844-500-4242. We got full lines, baby. So let's go right to it. Ed, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Ed. Hey, Grace. Thanks for taking my call. I hope your family is well. Thanks. Uh, you too, Ed. I am calling from, San- or from uh, South Carolina, the land of the free where I have to show my ID to vote. I love it down here. (laughs) And I heard a great one on the TV today. The guy said, I hope Biden dies like my grandfather did in his sleep, unlike the people that were in the car with him screaming and yelling. No, I don't want to say that, and uh, I don't hope that at all. Uh, 844-500-4242. Sorry about that, everybody. Let's go to David. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, David. Uh, Grace, uh, Joe Biden's in the big leagues now. I don't feel bad for him at all. He was responsible for those 13 soldiers killed in the Afghan pullout. 180 Afghans also were killed. And then in response to that, a family of 10 were killed. And, And 
He's also part of the administration that shut down the sisters of the poor who are helping the elderly. He's also responsible for allowing illegal aliens, as you all know, to beat the cops in New York City. So this guy is endangering all our lives, could get us all killed. And I have, did, he have any, did he have any pity on his seventh grandchild conceived out of, out of wedlock? So this is, this is crazy. This is absolute insanity. It is. It is. And, and drink all our lives. And you know what, David, I want to go back to is his response to Israel, because we just heard KJP. I mean, the even Fox didn't want to take her for much longer than, you know, a few seconds because she she was off to a rough start. You can only imagine how much the wheels are going to fall off this press conference today. But she was asked about Joe Biden's comments on Israel, which she seemed very eager to make. Like He was walking out. He was done. He had gotten his uh, anger out on Peter Ducey, which actually let's play that, Jared. This is his response to Peter Ducey when asked about his memory. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's uh, that's shame on all those reporters who are giggling. You are you are enablers. You're allowing him to think this is normal behavior from a president of the United States. It is not. Remember how when Trump was president, we were told like, oh my God, there's no norms left. He's breaking all the norms. This is not how this is not presidential. This is not how a president behaves. Is this how a president behaves? Is this presidential? Are any norms being broken right now? Because what I watched last night was, like my uh, follower on Twitter said, it it seemed like an intervention of grandchildren trying to take the keys away from pops. And he's just not having it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, get, get the hell out of here. You think you're taking my keys away? It was sad. So after that, a couple questions go by. And one of the reporters asks him about Israel and he says, and Jared, we can, I don't, I don't think we need to play the cut again, but he thinks that Israel's response to Hamas and in this war has been over the top. And then KJP comes out today and she's asked about this and she wants to make it clear that he hasn't changed his position and he hasn't changed his messaging on it. Now, I think what he's trying to do is Joe Biden is trying to seem like he's on the side of the far left radicals because he doesn't want to lose that vote because he's fighting for his political life at this point. But at the same time, as far as actual policies go, he's going to be pro-Israel because there are still Democrats, Jewish Democrats specifically, who would be aghast if they knew that the president was so anti-Israel. If you if you're really paying attention, you will figure out that he is. But the reason I bring this up right now is because there was an excellent piece by David Harsani a couple of days ago. I meant to read it. I wasn't able to. I just want to read you a couple of lines from this. He said, Joe Biden promised to veto any standalone aid bill for Israel. Uh, the administration maintains that Israel's security is so sacred it must be tied to a doomed legislative package containing entirely unrelated issues that deal with border security and Ukrainian aid which, of course, makes absolutely zero sense. Does anyone believe that the president would veto a standalone bill of Ukrainian aid? Or what about a standalone bill for humanitarian aid to Palestinians? Color me skeptical. Now, a standalone border security bill, that he'd definitely veto. Priorities, you see. 
In the years before Barack Obama, a vote to help a longtime ally against a proxy terror army that, not incidentally, murdered 30-plus American citizens would have been a no-brainer. I I just, I want to stop there for a second. That's something that if Trump were president, I know today I've been playing that game a lot, but I'm sorry, it's relevant. If Trump were president and Hamas had gone into Israel and butchered the Jewish people and killed 30-plus Americans, you know all of their names. It'd be all over the TV, all the time. And you never hear about it. You never, ever hear about it. Back to David Harsani. Today, a Democrat who takes um, a pro-Israel position puts himself in a precarious position. Biden is free to play games with Israeli aid because there will be no political repercussions. Most Democrats don't really care anymore. And for those who do, and and those who do are in the pro-Hamas wing, whether openly or functionally. He says numerous polls find that young leftists are angry about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, not the mass rape and murder of civilians, mind you, but Israel's efforts to root out the attackers. Many of these people are socialist ideologues. Many are dimwits and others are just anti-Semites. Some, like members of the squad, are all of the above. Whatever the case, they are always angry at Israel. These are the people who were demanding ceasefires before Israel had even begun retaliating for October 7th. This is a really, really good piece. And it came out a few days ago. But after watching Joe Biden last night, it is very, very important that we understand that this man is not on the side of our ally Israel at all. Uh, Joe, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Joe. Hi, Grace. Um, As an 80-year-old, I want to give you... uh my perspective here, give you some history, then I'm going to say something about Biden, then I want to make a prediction. Uh, first on the history, 1976, early, August, early October, <clears throat> Gerald Ford is debating Jimmy Carter, and after questioning, he is claiming that Poland is not under the direction of the Kremlin, and he repeats his claim. And that may have been part of why he lost the election. He was 63 years old. I don't think he was very competent. Uh, He was only put in there by Nixon to get the pardon. Fast forward to Joe and his performance last night and his performance in general. Joe, I've always found to be... Hello? I'm sorry, Joe. That was a mistake. Uh, Keep going. I've always found Joe to be incompetent ever since that uh, 1988 interview he gave here in Boston uh, where he lied repeatedly about his law school, et cetera, and he's continued that. And this is just a replay of all the lies. But when it comes to the Mexico mistake, it's nothing compared to what Gerald Ford made. And it's giving, and, and the press is giving us old folks a bad name because a lot of us are competent. And we don't have that much dementia. Maybe maybe we're slower, but we have experience. Joe's problem is not dementia. He's just not competent. And I'm I'm afraid, and here's my prediction, I think the Democrats now are hustling to throw throw him out based on dementia now, and now they can also use that argument against Trump, because Trump's also getting close to 80. 
And I, I think it's going to be bad for us old people because we're going to be labeled, yeah, anybody over 75 is not competent. I really think they're going to go that route. And um, anyway, those are my thoughts. I would like to hear your analysis. Well, first of all, Joe, thank you for calling in. Uh, thank you for the example. I'd also remind people, because I saw this circulating a lot today, too, that Dan Quayle got a lot of heat back in the day for misspelling potato. And compared to what we saw last night, that's nothing. So the standards have definitely changed and the bar has been lowered a lot. And the bar has been lowered specifically for Joe Biden because he was like this. It, it might have been a little bit better when he was elected president or when he was inaugurated, but it still was not great. Um, as far as using the dementia as the reason to kick him out, you know what I would say, Joe, for me at least, is that I am not under the impression that Joe Biden is making any of these decisions. And so I know people will say it's scary that he's like this because he's in charge, but he's not in charge. So that part of it, I don't think really moves the needle for me for me and for someone who just follows the media it just frustrated me that no one acknowledged it because even if it's just for content like i'm not saying they're going to use the 25th amendment and kick this guy out but just to have journalists in this country who are meant to tell you the truth look at you with a straight face and say this guy's as sharp as they come you know like oh this is always what it's been like i find to be insulting and what I will say is scary is not so much that I think Joe Biden is making any of these decisions, but when you think about, because Joe Biden's always been very concerned about what the rest of the world thinks of us, you know, our reputation on the world stage, what we look like, and, you know, are we embarrassing ourselves with Donald Trump? Well, what do you think when you have Putin, and, and you can say what you want about Putin in that interview with Tucker Carlson, he didn't seem like he was missing a beat at all. He seemed pretty sharp. So what do you think these other leaders are thinking when they're looking at Joe Biden mumbling and fumbling around? For me, that's the scarier part, is that some of these other adversaries will take advantage of the fact that the person who at least is supposed to be in charge is cognitively not there. As far as giving old people a bad name, not here on The Grace Curley Show, because I can just tell from that call, Joe, that you are very, very sharp. And there's a lot of people who are very sharp. But you, you know what I would remind you of? Is that like even Brit Hume? Okay, Brit Hume's a really smart guy, and this was like a year ago. He was doing a TV hit, and he said, and he's very well spoken, but he said, "I'm getting older. Like I know from my own experience, I'm not as fast as I was five years ago." That doesn't—it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean somebody. There's no value to that person. It just means that perhaps they're not the best person to be in charge. And I will say that you can be an old 80 and you can be a young 80. And that's part of the problem. Like Trump's 77 years old. I would say Joy Behar might disagree with me. Mary Bruce might disagree with me. Uh, Peter Alexander might disagree with me. I would say Trump is a very young 77. And I don't think anyone would argue that Joe Biden is a young 80. You go back six months and the decline in the last six months is pretty astonishing. 844-500-4242. But the, the deniers are still out there. The LA Times, this was an opinion piece today. Age matters, which is why Biden's age is his superpower. That's not the Babylon Bee. That, that's a real headline. Although, 
That is false. I should give kudos to the Babylon Bee for their headline today. Joe Biden calls for the president to step down. I thought that was a nice one. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk to Howie Carr. Thank you to everybody who called in today. I really appreciate it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. He's the best in the business. If you want to get your teeth fixed, even if you just want to get your teeth cleaned, you want to go to the experts and you want to go to somebody who's going to walk you through it, go at your own pace, listen to you, figure out what you want for your smile. That's Dr. Houghton's specialty. He listens to every patient. He treats every patient like a VIP. And you're going to leave there feeling really good about your decision to visit Perfect Smiles. I can promise you that. Take care of yourself. You deserve it. If you've thought about this for a while, you keep putting it off. Don't put it off any longer. Make the move. We're in February now. It's 2024. Do something for yourself because the better you look, the better you feel. And you're going to love everybody at Perfect Smiles from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave. Every person that works there is going to be so kind, so understanding, and they love what they do, which is always a great thing. So they're conveniently located off Route 3. They have plenty of parking and you can reach them at PerfectSmiles.com. I would love if you told them that I sent you. That's PerfectSmiles.com. PerfectSmiles.com. We'll be right back with more. This is The Grace Curley Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Ooh, a very fitting car crossover sound today the car crossover is brought to you by tux trucks gmc it's your fisher plow distributor in hudson mass if you need a plow for your half ton pickup check out the fisher ezv it's lightweight but built strong to handle the demands of a new england winter check it out at tuxtrucksgmc.com i was watching this address from biden last night and of course i had many things on my mind um, especially the fact that i was afraid for the country but then he mentioned that unlike trump he kept his documents in a filing cabinet they were very secure unlike at Mar-a-Lago, a public place. And so I took note of that and I said, I'm going to have to ask Howie. I wasn't aware that you could just walk in and out of Mar-a-Lago. As someone who frequents the club, Howie, is that how things work? I was there on Wednesday night for the buffet and I was trying to get a, a second lobster tail and uh, I almost uh, tripped and fell. I fell over a box of the it was marked nuclear secrets. <laughs> was it in a Zappos it, box? It was, it was, it was right next to the sushi table, yeah. you know. I, I mean, I don't. I, I said, "What the hell's going on here?" How, and, and you know, there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of sinister-looking foreign nationals going through the uh, documents. Howie, I have to ask you just for your initial reaction to Biden's presser last night. Do you think there's some theories floating around? Did he get told, "Go ahead, go out there, do your thing," or was this a, a Biden move where he said, "I need to defend my honor"? No, I think I, I I don't know. You know, I I know he has the worst staff in the world, but even just like so. he has the worst cabinet in the world. But I I don't even think the worst cabinet, the worst staff in the world, would have told him to do this. Do you? I don't know. They they were pretty sloppy with those boxes. He had no problem blaming the staffers for moving the boxes into the garage and into the closet. And he, I, I like the fact that you know the guy who destroyed, tried to destroy all the classified documents, his ghostwriter was not indicted. But the two two guys at Mar-a-Lago who, at his orders, moved the just 
haul the boxes from, you know, from the garage to, to a closet, they're indicted. Well, they were very different cases, Howie, as Joe Biden eloquently explained to us last night. Howie Carr is coming up next, and boy, does he have a show to do. Don't go anywhere.